Welcome back, creeps. Hello, everyone. Happy fucking Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. We hope you're doing well. We hope the week hasn't brought you down. And you're looking forward to good things and stuff. Wow, because if the week <laughs> didn't bring you down, that will. <laughs> um, happy almost Christmas time, everyone. Oh, yeah, it's December. Yeah, I keep forgetting because it's my first Christmas that it's not fucking freezing cold. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Even yeah. in the mornings, usually yeah, like, I'm a little bitch when it comes to the cold, but the morning is still agreeable. Yeah, I went for a cycle today and it was like fucking 20 degrees. Oh, fucking old nice. we were talking about the weather. Oh, yeah. It's the most interesting thing in the world. Also, apologies for last week's episode. I'm not sure what happened. I'm currently in the middle of trying to get it fixed. And I have got it fixed on my end. But it's still not showing up on Spotify. So the way the episode was split up, the start of the episode was at the second half. Again, I don't know how this is happening, but... If it happens again, we'll we'll just change providers or something like that. We'll fire our editor. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> so before we start, I just want to remind everyone that we do have a listener story at the end of every episode. Just I think some people have been like, you know, once you get to the end of the second story, like, I right, fuck it. But there is always that little extra listener story at the end. Yeah, don't be a bitch. <laughs> what else are you going to do in work? Yeah. Fuck that. Um, yeah, so don't forget to send us your listener stories if you want them included on these episodes or our main listener episode on like the start of every month, the first of every month rather. Um, and yeah, here's your stories. Okay, so my story this week is Kadena Airbase. Okay, never you heard know. of it. Me neither. So, my sources are Wikipedia, as always. I like to use Wikipedia just for, like, a general... Try and pick up some random facts. Um, sandbox.us and wearethemighty.com. Oh, and stripes.com. You know, um, when that episode of The Office came out, where Michael was trying to, go trying to negotiate a raise for himself... In the show, he said that there's some rules for negotiation, which were all false. But um, there were people that went into that created like anonymous accounts and went into Wikipedia and they completely did away with the original page of negotiations, like the details on that page and replaced them all with the ones that Michael had suggested and so since then there's like you're not people who post on there have to be not new like they have to have to be verified yeah and also you can't post as anonymous like you have to have some sort of fucking name so they can trace back to you but like because of that some rules of wikipedia entries have changed oh nice yeah thank you steve carell (laughs) So, Kadena Air Base is a United States Air Force base in the Okinawa Prefecture of Japan, referred to as the Keystone of the Pacific. 
uh, I think it's just in a really good strategic place for the army. Over 20,000 American service members, family members, and Japanese employees work or live here. So it's big. It is the largest and most active U.S. Air Force base in the Far East. It even has its very own golf course. And that's where we're going to start. Just beside this golf course is a cave. There are actually multiple multiple caves on the airbase. And some are natural caves, but others are were originally ancient tombs or were natural caves used as tombs and then later modified for use um, by the, the Japanese army. They would use these caves as field hospitals because they were kind of naturally hidden away like with vines and stuff and looking at them from afar they just you know you wouldn't notice them straight off the bat I don't think so this cave in particular was used as a hospital field hospital during World War II and the mouth of the cave was hidden with vines and there was also a mounted machine gun to protect it like like a turret yeah heavy artillery machine gun now the story goes that during the war 17 nurses committed suicide in the cave so i was trying to find out like because a lot of this story is you know local legend i will preface it by saying that um but i tried to find out you know how true this particular part was and the story goes that they actually all did it like basically in unison right or within a very close uh span of time like a cold well it was the fear of the American invasion that did it. Oh. Literally American propaganda you, supposedly it, scared these nurses. It, you said this is during which World, World War, War II? Or the second one, okay. Yep. Um, but either way, it's a field hospital, so I'm sure there was many deaths of wounded soldiers there as well. So this place is just bound to be full of negative energy. And it is also a tomb, as far as I can make out, an ancient tomb. So today the cave is sealed off due to all the stories of the caves being haunted by these nurses and the locals won't even go near it. Like they tried to do their very best to avoid it at all costs because they believe that everything that's happened there has been disrespecting the whole land. So there is literally a cage in front of this because when the Americans invaded, they started using it too as a strategic uh, point. So from there we go to Maida Point where there is an old man who rambles around the tomb near the water. And apparently if you meet him, or if you see him, it means that there's going to be a random body float washing up ashore in the next few days. What's he look like? An old man. Just an old man? Yep. Random old Japanese man? Yep. All right. There was also another field hospital located here before America invaded, which just adds more negativity, I'm sure, more deaths on the land um, within this tomb. Maeda Point is also, unfortunately, a commonly used suicide location, with many people jumping from the cliff. This has led to many reports of people seeing the ghosts of suicide victims jumping, but when re- reported to the police, there is no one to be found. Hmm. People scuba diving here have said to encounter ghosts underwater. Nice. Yeah, so that's a big fuck that from me. Thank you very much. Just so our listeners know, I cannot swim and I'm fucking terrified of the water. Like ghost fish? 
No, ghost people. Okay. The ghosts of people who have jumped off the fucking cliff. <laughs> Can you imagine a ghost shark coming for you? And as soon as it's about to like attack, it just goes away. And you're just left there shitting yourself. Shitting yourself. <laughs> I'd probably just die anyway. So gate three is a regular looking security gate. But it's a very spiritually active one. So some people have reported seeing Japanese soldiers in World War II uniforms, quote, all the time. But that doesn't really seem to be the main problem here. The big one here is a World War II era Marine who is looking for a match to light a cigarette. So he comes up, it's usually around 3 a.m. And generally on the weekends. He just comes up, he's like, hey man, can I get a light, whatever. And as soon as whoever lights the cigarette, he just disappears in front of them. Like I said, this only ever happens around 3 a.m. And he is also covered in blood. Oh. Yeah. But apparently it got so active there that this would happen every single weekend. Oh. Like it was bound to happen. Got to the stage where Marines have just started refusing shifts. And they just closed the gate altogether. They could not get the men to. Wow. Yeah. And I also have a video of the gate, which I'll show you later. So, yeah, they have actual video proof. Well, <laughs> proof of something. Yeah. Um, From gate three as well. Which I will screen record and put up on our Instagram on our stories are actually posted. So now the big one. The big one. This is the big one. So building 2283. Now on the base, there are tons and tons of houses, different types, obviously like for employees. But this one in particular has a really bad rap. It was built for single family use, just looked like a, a regular house. Um, the stories from this house, however, are particularly interesting, but many people believe them to just be legend by now. So apparently sometime during the 1970s, an Air Force officer murdered his entire family and then killed himself in the building. Now, I couldn't find any reports of this, like actual reports. But after finding out some other stuff, I'm not surprised how easy it is to cover this shit up, especially on an airbase full of families. For example, the locals here murdered three Marines sometime in the 1940s. Because after America took over, these three Marines in particular, every weekend would go down to the local town, pick women and just rape them. Wow. So this went on long enough that the locals just said, fuck this. Yeah, because nobody was doing anything about it. Yeah, because they're Americans. Yeah, and it's really easy to hide things. Yeah, you're right about like armies. I look at Fort Hood. Yeah, exactly. Still going on to this day. Yeah, and there's probably so much shit they have yet to uncover. Yeah. So anyway, these guys were taken into the woods and shot and then hidden in a cave and they were just listed as missing in action. Mm. I don't think their officers ever really questioned it. I don't think anyone really cared either. Yeah. Until um, one of the locals with a guilty conscience just came out and was like, look, I didn't do it, but I know what happened and I know where they are. And this was in the 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. And this poor guy, like, must have been a kid when it happened i think he was 16 anyway he just wanted to clear their names and get them buried and all that mm -hmm. so it doesn't surprise me if there was families and stuff being murdered and they yeah. didn't want 
shit like this getting out. The house was still in use after this murder-suicide, and the very next family to move in all reported feelings of unrest and paranoia. Until one day, the father, again, lost his shit and just stabbed them all to death. There's also reports of a story where a man kills his teenage stepdaughter here, but I think that's the same one after, after reading through uh, a few different reports there are many doc- documented reports of domestic violence from this base still going on to this day um only a few years ago another father killed his stepson that's crazy yeah and only now i guess it's a little harder to hide certain things like that yeah but anyway i'm assuming this would be the same from any military base all across the world mm-hmm. world the whole place chock full of ptsd and secrets Secrets, secrets. Anyway, after all this murdered mayhem, Mm -hmm. they just started using it as a storage facility. I think stories started getting out and they were just like, you know, families didn't want to move in there naturally. So they just swapped it out and changed it into a storage shed. There are many reports of paranormal occurrences from this house from one of the rooms being strangely cold as ice even in summer months and without AC in the building to faucets being turned on and off on their own multiple reports of a woman standing over the sink washing her hair yeah which I thought was that's strange yeah many people have heard children laughing and crying and playing despite there being no children around at the time there was actually a daycare centre like the house next door was converted into a daycare Christ yeah so those poor kids <laughs> well <laughs> let me tell you so claims of blood stains on the floor and curtains like apparently they were either it was never cleaned up or these blood stains would just appear randomly yeah um but like long after anyone had lived there the most striking apparition though is that of a fully armored samurai warrior Whoa. on horseback that's sick who is said to have just run through the house at random times. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's crazy. So this going back to like all those ancient... Um, first of all, the samurai aren't as ancient as you think. I think they were still active like as within the last hundred years or maybe just over that. But there is also these ancient tombs and he's accredited to one of the tombs being disturbed in the building of this mm. house. Um, but again multiple reports of this mm-hmm. fucking nutcase on horseback <laughs> one tour guide tells of a night when she had brought a group of 30 people to the backyard of the house so every October they do haunted tours mm-hmm. going back to like the 90s anyway there's one night this lady they drive around on a bus because the airbase is so big she had a group of 30 people and they're all in the back garden and she's telling like you know the history and the folklore behind the house and all of a sudden, they hear a phone ring in the house. But there was no phone in the house. So, who was phone? Who was phone? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, according to her, there was no phone in the house. And everyone just ran straight for the bus as soon as they heard it. They just got back on the bus. As a group of smart people. <laughs> yeah. Another group again in the mid 90s showed up one evening and as their tour guide started tour guide tour guide started giving them giving her talk a curtain in one of the windows just parted 
right in front of them as if somebody was just taking a peek to see who's in their backyard. Yeah. Again, everybody ran away. <laughs> <laughs> and according to a former tour director for Kadena's United Services Organization, or USO, I had to Google USO because I didn't know what it meant. The room that was always cold was actually just knocked down. Like when they were converting it into a storage facility, all, like all the workers and everyone was like, there's something fucking going on with this room. So they're like, all right, knock it down. I guess as well, just to make it an open floor plan to make it easier to store stuff. Um, But this guy had actually gone into the house himself just to see what all the hype was about. And he is the one, he reported seeing bloodstains feeling freezing cold despite the fact that it was 100 degrees outside that day and he said it was an extremely eerie experience going into that house one could almost feel a presence there so again i don't know you know all the local lore and stuff like that i'm sure so at the moment help. it's a storage facility at that time it was yeah oh okay so do they still do tours in that area uh, they probably do. Uh. I'm not 100% on that. A seance held on Halloween night, 1994. Why? Led to Jane Hitchcock, <laughs> author of Ghosts of Okinawa, mm -hmm. which I only found out about late in the researching of this. Otherwise, I would have tried to have gotten it. Um, she claims to have communicated with the spirit of a little girl and boy. And according to her, the little girl was afraid of the man on the horse. Oh. Which I'm pretty sure fucking everybody was. <laughs> right. So, Can you imagine, like, living in that house and trying to watch TV? Yeah, do you think And, like, like clockwork. Yeah, like clockwork. There's this fucking <laughs> horse man that fucking runs in, like, in your, in front of the TV. Yeah, you know what I'm seriously. saying? <laughs> like, in my head, he's, like, bursting through the wall. and In my head, he's, like, we're watching something on Netflix. He's just in the way. And from, he, like, runs left to right, like, in front of the TV screen, like, in the most worst time so it's like <laughs> we're about to find out who the culprit is in this mystery fucking movie <laughs> fucking horse man comes just screaming and charging <laughs> so this lady uh jane she used candle or fire scrying as i have just learned thanks to dulce to communicate with the spirits and for those of you who don't know it's literally you light a candle and you ask the questions and you say i guess make the flame bigger for yes or smaller for no or something along those lines and she said that sometimes the flame would go from like barely lighting to like five inches high oh in like time with her questions she also had successful evp sessions there but she was so scared that she just never went back to the house yeah that sounds scary i mean yeah so I guess that's why you're telling the story right yeah <laughs> <laughs> So the house was actually demolished in 2010 because the military said that they had no use for it. But today it's just an empty lot. No which shit. Which I find weird. Like, And apparently anyone who was sent to do work there um, reported headaches, hallucinations, suffered a high rate of on-the-job injuries. Like it just, anytime they were sent supposedly to knock it down, something would happen and it the workers would get scared or wait knock down the lot no no no, the house like, oh yeah like the house was empty for like 30 years mm -hmm. while every other house in this area 
was Was occupied. Oh, oh, just this one house. Yeah, just this one house. Okay. So eventually it was demolished. And Mm. the theory is that any time they originally went to demolish it, the workers would just be get scared off or get injured or something bad would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So remember the daycare next door? Yes. Teachers from the daycare kept complaining that the kids were throwing their toys over the fence. And when they were asked why they did it, they just said, the little kids on the other side asked us to. Oh, because they don't have toys to play with. Yeah. So these kids in the daycare were just like, oh, it's just for the other kids. You know what I mean? Oh, how sweet. But then the teachers had to climb over the fence or walk around <laughs> to this creepy ass fucking house <laughs> and pick up all the toys. I'd be like, nah, kid, you threw it over there. You're coming with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tie a rope around the kid and send him over. <laughs> um, So that's the main... That's the main like sites from this place. But the website that I got this off, stripes.com, reached out to people. So stripes.com is short for Stars and Stripes. Mm. It's like a military and post-military, I guess, community type page. They're very proud. So I've titled this Not Listener Stories. Because these are people's personal experiences from Kadena, which were sent into stripes.com after they reached out one Halloween. So Catherine Lowry shares this hair-raising experience about Kadena Airbase's Building 721. And one more reason why you should never forget your CAC ID. Not sure what CAC means, but I'm hoping that we find out. It's called The Grumpy Spirit of a Forgotten Englishman. Hmm. My commander didn't believe me when I told him why I was late. Last week I had shown up without my CAC for the same reason. My office is haunted. Some of my co-workers had warned me that staying in our office after dark would not end well. I had laughed off these concerns. Our building was only 60 years old, made of solid concrete, and did not have any questionable backgrounds such as like being a mortuary or something as morbid. Besides, I didn't believe in ghosts and any Japanese or American who might have died in that area during the Battle of Okinawa likely had bigger things to care about than messing with some new airman. While all of these things were true, there was one story there was one story I hadn't factored into my reasoning. Englishman. That's right. From England. Thanks for clearing that up, Catherine. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see a ghost, but I especially wasn't expecting to meet an English one. The Wingos The windows started rattling unexplainably, but then I would hear a whine and the rattling would stop. During broad daylight, things like this can be shrugged off easily, along with the shrill creaks that come from some dense foliage that backs up to our parking lot. When you said whine, because the story is about the grumpy Englishman, I just imagine like I heard the grumpy Englishman complain about something. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was thinking wine bottle. Oh, (laughs) But one night I forgot my CAC at work and drove drove back in the dark of night to pick it up. And the strangest thing happened. I left the door unlocked, but when I returned, it was locked tight from the outside and I could hear the windows of my office rattle. I heard an odd rustling and turned just in time to see the back of a British naval garb vanish into the foliage. Although no words were spoken, I could have almost sworn I got the phrase... Don't even think about entering Colonial Rebel. (laughs) To me, that just sounds like Star Wars. Yeah. Don't even think about entering Colonial Rebel. Put into my head as if someone had whispered it to me. 
I fled to my car and drove away without any more attempts to go inside. I spent the next morning with the base historian learning about what could possibly be roaming outside Building 721. Turns out that I wasn't imagining the Navy uniform the night before. During 1853, Commodore Perry came onto Okinawa and forced the government to open up the island to trading. While he was here on his mission, one of his rowdier sailors, Reuben Noland, got a little too celebratory with the gin rations and missed the call back to the ships and got left behind. Good. That's what I say. Good. (laughs) Reuben was a less than likable character, and so he outstayed his welcome in the locals' homes and was forced to wander as far south as current-day Kadena Air Base. He was always bitter about being left behind and died within two months as a terrible drunk. No one was really sure what to do with the body because the locals cremated bodies and put them in family tombs, but he had no family tomb to go to. Therefore, his ashes were simply spread in the forest and unfortunately, 170 years later, our well-meaning construction workers picked up some of the ashes in the piles of dirt they used to make the concrete for our building. Needless to say, Reuben has been less than pleased ever since his homeless body was moulded into the walls to house the operations of American patriots. I guess he didn't hear the US and England ended up as allies. While his physical matter is encased in the walls of 721, Reuben's ghost is said to haunt the outside and become especially irritable at night. Not entirely convinced, I came in early the next morning before the sun was up. As I pulled up, I could almost see Reuben's distinct uniform coming out of the foliage behind behind the parking lot, getting ready to pounce on anyone who dared disturb him at night. I quickly drove to the edge of the parking lot closest to the road, kept all my lights on and waited for the sun to show up. Although I was supposed to get something ready before I went to meet my commander at 6.30, I made a decision in the parking lot. I decided I'd rather be the airman that got in trouble for being late rather than the airman who was carried off by the ghost of an angry Englishman. And although I am no longer fearful of Reuben, I sometimes leave him tea and always, always make sure I finish all of my work during daylight hours. (laughs) So this one is called Tales from the Class. And according to Stripes.com, here are some ghoulish tales from Miss Megita and a couple of her students at Leicester Middle School, which is on the base. I was home alone at my house on Foster. It was around nine o'clock. It was pitch black outside and none of my family was home. I was watching Netflix in my room in the back of the house. My door was shut and all my lights were off while I wrapped myself in a cocoon of blankets in my bed, snuggly and warm. Suddenly, my doorknob started rattling as if someone was trying to get into my room. I froze. I couldn't breathe, knowing that no one was home. There was a shadow pacing back and forth that I could see from the small slip of light from under the door in the hallway. Both my dogs were on my bed, laying down, but heads and ears perked up, listening. But suddenly, jumped down and started barking at the door, looking like they were about to attack whatever it was they were looking at. I felt weak and scared, my eyes almost bulging out of my head in fear while I sat there in my dark room. I couldn't hear anything but the quiet voices from the TV that I drowned out. I got up, barely being able to walk, and slowly lurked my way over to the door and steadily opened the door and peeked out my door. That's literally what she said. (laughs) Lurked my way over to the door and steadily opened it. I peeked out just to see that nothing was there. 
This was a few months ago during the summer and nothing has happened since. So that's from Alexia Har. Thanks, Alexia. This one's called The Vanishing Woman. This is a story that my uncle told me. In Japan, there's this week when all of our family members that died come back. Well, not literally, but we celebrate it because we miss our family members. One of those days, my uncle was driving to my grandma's house because we always got together in my grandma's house. And while he was driving, he saw this woman. She looked like a regular woman, but when she walked behind a bus stop, usually it would only take you about three or four seconds to walk past the bus stop. After three seconds, he could see her. When he drove past the bus stop, he looked behind him and she was gone. She just disappeared. Wow. That's Yumi Alvarado. Sick. Yeah. This next one's called Silhouette in the Woods. This is a story that my great-grandfather used to tell my dad. One time, in the middle of the night, I needed to use the bathroom. This was back in the day when there was no indoor plumbing. So we had to use the outhouse that was deep in the woods. That's Jesus, why not just put it closer? Um, if we wanted to relieve ourselves. So I got up and looked into the darkness of the woods through my window as shivers went down my spine. I would literally open the back door and just piss on the steps. I wouldn't even care. <laughs> I opened the front door and proceeded to walk into the dark and scary woods. All of a sudden, I heard something breathing on my shoulder. What? So I ran as fast as I could to get away from whatever was behind me. When I reached the outhouse, he ran into the woods. He didn't run back home. What fuck, fuck? pissing your bed. I don't care. When I reached the outhouse, I was petrified at the sight of a dark silhouette of a face staring straight into my eyes. For a while, I thought it was my brother, Alton. He was the mischievous kind who liked to play tricks. Alton, it, is that you? I stammered. It didn't speak. I bolted out of there at the speed of light, <laughs> fearing what would happen next. When I finally reached my house, I saw a light shining from the porch. There was Alton, sitting at the porch. To this day, I never knew who or what that creature was that was sitting in the outhouse. Fucking hell, that was from Rio Oliver. Well, I guess his granddad. This next one's called Ghostly Grasp. Oh, I think this is the last one. I know of someone who didn't believe in ghosts at all until experiencing one in Okinawa. While traversing the parking lot to their car, that I think some of this is like translated from Japanese. Could be. So we got some interesting uh, vocab going on. Grammar. Grammar, yeah. <laughs> While traversing the parking lot to their car from the Hamby town San A. Whoa. Yep. Why? Okay. Maybe it's a kind of sandwich. Maybe. Speaking of which, I'm starving. Me too. Twinsy. <laughs> they felt their wrist grasped tightly by an unseen hand. Dropping the newly purchased items, they screeched and tore at their unseen captor. The sensation lifted, but left them with an uneasy stomach and a drumming heart. Bah, 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 bah. That's so dramatic. Yeah. Beautifully written. Yeah. Later, I was informed that Hamby Town San A used to be the morgue for the military shortly after World War II. While this hasn't ever happened to me, I feel a little hesitant whenever I am in that parking lot. I would too, Kendra Magita. 
who that was from. I would love a hamby right now, whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. I'm so hungry. But yeah, so that's uh, Okinawa, or sorry, Kadena Air Base in Okinawa. I just Okinawa. realized, like, oh wait, no, I got my acronyms wrong. I was like, oh yeah, hanby, like a hand job, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not a B. It's not a J. It's it's also ham ham B. A ham bitch. We're getting sidetracked. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's Kadena Air Base. Mm. I thought it was pretty fucking interesting. We were only talking about this like not that long ago, how much we love these uh, like military ghost stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And while Kadena has like, well, specifically that house, um, was it 2282, 2283, building 2283, is supposedly the most haunted house in all military bases, US military bases. Oh, wow. Yeah, but there's a whole fucking bitch load of uh, spooky stories from all of the military bases. Wow, a bitch load. A bitch. I literally, I'm so <laughs> hungry, I can't even fucking think of proper words to say. <sighs> but I'm sure I'll come back to more military stuff. And if any of you are in the military or have lived in any of these type of bases or whatever the yeah. fuck, please let us know because we want all the spooky stories. And with that, we're going to go try to find a hamby. We're going to take a break. We are. And we're going to eat. So we'll be back in a second. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I feel like a human being again. Yeah, it's a good feeling. All right, it's your turn. Tell me a story. You entertain me. I'm going to sit here with my full belly and drink this cup of tea. And chime in with occasional, ooh, and ah. (laughs) And what the fuck? Things that let me know that you're paying attention. That I'm still awake, yeah. (laughs) Right, I guess it's only fair, right? Yeah. So my sources are Occult World, North Omaha History, Omaha Magazine, Plainsight.org, Justia.com, and Omaha.org. I have nothing to say about Omaha. I don't know. Is that a state? Or no, it's a town in Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. All right. So (laughs) I'm going to be discussing Hummel Park. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Well, it's in Nebraska. Is I... it in Omaha, Nebraska? Yes. Is it? Am I say Omaha? Yeah. Omaha? Yeah. Omaha? Yeah. <laughs> so the 200 acres of land is rumored to be an ancient Native American burial ground. It was once the site of a fur trading post ran by Jean-Pierre Cabin in 1823. It was later named in tribute to J.B. Hummel, a longtime superintendent of the Omaha Parks and Recreation Department. Not the porcelain figurine guy. Or the TV show Parks and Rec. 
What? Never mind. Okay. Hummel Park was created from land donated to the city of Omaha in 1930. I use the word donated loosely. An area at the eastern edge of the park is known as Devil's Slide because of the many suicides that have taken place there. Also, there are some stone formations that loosely resemble altars, so it's rumored to be a site for satanic rituals and occult going on, goings on. Nothing worse than those occult goings on. <laughs> One of the Hummel Park's most mysterious characteristics is the trees that bow over the road entering the park. I love trees that look like that. Yeah, me too. They're so pretty and spooky. <laughs> There's a ton of them in St. Augustine. Okay. Uh, anyways. Lots of trees in St. Augustine, folks. I love St. Augustine. Um, it is believed that many black women and men were hanged from these trees in the early 1900s Jesus. by local racist lynch mobs and their ghosts still dangle from the trees. That's terrifying. It is. So there is going to be some naysayers, obviously, that say none of this stuff is true. But as we know, um, history happens as accurately as a person who writes it wants it to be. Yeah. So, you know, just... Bear that in mind. Bear that in mind, yeah. Another of Hummel Park's well-known mysteries is the Morphing Stairs. A long stone staircase located at the top of the park. These stairs are said to morph because nobody knows the exact number of stairs in the staircase. Each time a person counts the number going up or down, a different number is counted on the return trip. The morphing stairs lead down a large hill into a valley containing a decrepit pit area with a deteriorating shelter house. Now, I've seen this shelter house. It looks nice on the outside. They built it because it was like, we want people to, to come here, to feel invited to come here. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that be- this park has a really bad reputation. Mm. So, th- this is like a sign of trying to get people to come and hang out. Yeah, yeah. Like, come and hang out. We're not, it's not We're dark not and scary. We're not gross and haunted. Yeah. <laughs> but inside that shelter house it's like covered in graffiti so there it is charming i know some people say and you know what and it's not even good graffiti <laughs> you know like one thing to like i it would have been a good idea if they graffitied it in a way to look like the inside of a cabin because it looks like a cabin with no doors like it's kind of like like the doorways are open you know okay. on either side so you want graffiti artists to become graphic designers? That would have been... Oh, sorry, not graphic designers. Uh, well, no, because there's graffiti artists out there that have really good talent, and they use... They they want to do this, you know? Some people say the reason for this is because the stairs are so old that they're always crumbling to nothing, so the number always changes, but I don't see how that explains the differing numbers, like, on the spot. Yeah. But whatever. There's also supposed to be... A secret community of albino cannibals that live what? in hiding. I think this is probably the least likely of all the stories about Hummel Park. I think it's just 
people being dumb and spreading a really dumb story. Yeah, but albino cannibals, that's... Yeah. Talk about like... It's like very specific. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, you're going to... Alopecia cannibals, you know, <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking random. Oh, I'm random. sorry, Frank. You can't join our club. I know you love how humans taste, but... <laughs> I don't understand. But anyways, so I did pull up and find lots of cases linked to the park. So if you believe the urban legends or not, you know, the following did happen. I think um, this is another situation where there's been so much bad shit going on here that it will attract bad things and put out bad, th- bad things. So it like there's a, a continuous vision, vicious negative cycle type of situation. Right, yeah. So disturbing crimes reported by local media. In 1933, a radio repairman was murdered in the park. His boss apparently shot him in the chest and he immediately started to bleed out and he died on arrival to the hospital. That's crazy. I would imagine a radio repairman back then was like next to a king, you know? <laughs> Everybody had their radios. Everybody needed uh, their yeah. radios fixed. Kind of like the AC man in Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> December 1933, 19-year-old Rose Engel was killed in the park when the car she was riding in overturned on a curve. 1947, a drunk driver left Hummel Park and ran into a University of Omaha hayrack ride and killed one person. The information alleged that on the 11th day of October 1947, defendant in Douglas County, Nebraska, did unlawfully, but did without malice, kill Freddie Freeland, and that the unlawful acts of the defendant which caused the death of deceased were the operation of his motor vehicle while under the influence of intoxicating liquor. Is operation at a high dangerous and reckless speed not proper under the circumstances, 60 miles an hour, and it's operation on the wrong side of the highway. So I got that from, like, court documents. That was the guy who killed the, the guy with the drunk driver? Yeah. Okay. So for some of these some of these things, I, I was able to actually find court, docu- court documents. Right, right. So if I start talking in... Um, legal jargon legal jargon I didn't know what was going on <laughs> that's what it is I didn't get possessed and start <laughs> She's speaking in tongues <laughs> January 1949 two motorcyclists discovered George Rux's frozen corpse on the outskirts of the park October 1950 two men armed with a hatchet and hammer attacked two soldiers and their dates at the park and Jesus. then forced the two women 115 and the other 21 to leave with them both were reportedly raped and then released on a random omaha street corner august 1954 a reported sexual assault of three women at hummel park 1956 an adult male was tried for raping a woman at the park apparently a group of boys drove up on a random group of girls took them to the park one got beat up and assaulted and taken to the hospital. Like, she got beat up bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, her eye, like, she couldn't open her eyes. Her lips were busted. She was semi-unconscious after all this. Well, I think to have to go to the hospital back then was a... Yeah. So, I read the notes on this, and it was really hard to stomach, but they they didn't even know these girls. They just picked them up. 
Yeah. And they took him and the girl was a virgin. Like she was terrified and the guy was like, you're either going to give it to me the hard way or the easy way. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, he raped her and then he dropped all him and his friends dropped the girls off and threatened them. They were like, if you tell anyone, we're going to kill you. So the girls took Rosemary was her name. They took Rosemary to her home and they took her to the hospital and the guy like they tried him and the guy was like, oh, well, it was consensual. But like the hospital records were like she has trauma in her areas or semen present. Like there's no way in hell this was consensual. They're like pictures of her like the way she, the state that she was in when she went to the hospital they're like there's no way this was consensual so they threw the book at him plus there was like a ton of witnesses that testified against him so he couldn't weasel out of that one good february 1960 the frozen body of a woman was discovered near the park november 1970 15 year old Lori jones was found dead shot three times after her companion, companions claimed they had left her sleeping inside a car at Hummel Park. April 1973, a 20-year-old woman was carjacked in Omaha and forced to drive to Hummel Park where she was raped and then driven back to the city where her assailant fled. 1983, a group of prostitutes from Omaha killed another prostitute and dumped her body outside of Hummel Park. The brutal softball bat murder of 18-year-old prostitute Laura LaPointe happened southwest of the park. Her body was discovered nude in a ditch and four other prostitutes were later convicted. These four had originally planned to rob a prospective John, but instead they found Laura LaPointe and robbed her instead. They then sexually assaulted her before beating her to death with a bat and ditching her body in Hummel Park and throwing her clothes in the trash. Wow. Yeah. May 1984, two men were arrested for sexually assaulting a 25-year-old woman at Knife Point in Hummel Park. July 1984, police had no suspects in the death of 21-year-old Michelle Lemaire, who was intentionally run over and left to die north of the park. September 1985, a 36-year-old woman reported she was sexually assaulted at Hummel Park. June 1986, a 34-year-old man was charged with the sexual assault of a 17-year-old Omaha woman at the park. 1988, a recently released convict was convicted, again, of raping a woman at the park. Here's an excerpt from the case. In May of 1986, a 17-year-old female victim was waiting for a friend in a parking lot in Omaha when she met the defendant, age 34. The two visited and exchanged telephone numbers. From then on, defendant would call the victim at least three times a day. He told her he was 27. On June 7, 1986, while the victim was walking in her neighborhood, the defendant drove up and told her he wanted to talk to her. The victim got into the defendant's car and after stops at a liquor store at the home of the defendant of the defendant's brother at his sister's apartment and then at a McDonald's the defendant drove to Hummel Park where he sexually assaulted the victim 
according to her testimony. She said she attempted to fight back, but he threatened to beat her and said that he had a gun under the seat and that he, quote, he hadn't had a woman in a long time, end quote, because he had been in the penitentiary. The state also called a witness, called as a witness another alleged victim of the defendant's sexual proclivities, a 16-year-old female. According to her testimony, the defendant had met her in March of 1986 as she was leaving a grocery store. A few days later, she was walking home. The defendant again approached her in his car, and this time the alleged victim gave defendant her telephone number. After this, the defendant telephoned her four to five times a day. Finally, on March 14, 1986, she agreed to meet the defendant when she got off the bus after school. She got in his car. The defendant drove to a liquor store and then to Carter Lake. She then insisted that she had to go home. Instead, the defendant drove her to Hummel Park. And although she attempted to resist him, after telling her he had a gun in the glove compartment, he raped her. Afterward, the defendant told her, quote, he did it because he hadn't been with a woman in a long time, end quote. In 1992, a high school student was kidnapped and murdered in the park. Central High School sophomore Jeremy Drake was kidnapped and killed at the park over stolen car stereo speakers. Drake's body was discovered by a woman walking her dog. Jeremy Herman was convicted of the crime, but it was overturned recently. And when I mean recently, I mean like last year, like November of last year. If he isn't out now, he will be soon. December 1999, Scott Addison was lured to Hummel Park to sell a stereo where he was beaten and stabbed. His two assailants left him for dead, and Addison wrote their names in his own blood on the trunk of his car before he walked a quarter mile to find help. Wow. Juan to Juan. June 2005. <laughs> Jose Lucio survived being shot in the back in the park by a member of the notorious MS-13 gang. May 2006. Someone ghost hunting in Hummel Park discovered the shallow grave of 12-year-old Amber Harris. Roy Ellis was convicted of rape and murder and was sentenced to death. February 2008, 16-year-old David Murillo lost control of his of his condo, lost control of his Honda in the park, and died after he was ejected when his car went into a ravine. December 2013, Washington County deputies found the body of an unknown man north of the park, whose death was considered suspicious. Now tell me this place is not fucking haunted. It's not haunted. <laughs> like, this place is covered in bad juju. Yeah, yeah. Something obviously is fucking not right there. Yeah, it's... I mean, it could be that people are like, it's 200 acres. If I take people here, if I do my deviant proclivities here, no one's gonna know. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be something that's driving them there you know like attracting all these bad things here so i think what you're saying is we shouldn't go 
<laughs> to Humble Park. It sounds like it's just in a fucking shitty part of town as well. Could be, yeah. But, like, there's that theory, right? Yeah. Of the stink. If you've, if you've been with us long enough, you know what the stink is. Yeah. And it sounds like this place is riddled with stink. Paranormal stink. Negative stink. So that's my... That's, I guess, my bio on the place. Yeah, yeah. Right on. So don't go to, don't go to Hummel Park. Bad shit happens. Okay. You know what time it is? Is it tool time? Listen to story time. Okay, so this week's listener story is from Sarah. And Sarah says... She was a social care worker at a hostel and she worked there for years. But on her last day, she had a very weird experience. I don't know why I'm reading it in the third person. On my last day, I had a weird experience. It was a 24-hour shift, so I was getting out of bed at 7 a.m. and was heading to the bathroom to wash up. I heard someone say my name as clear as day to the point where I actually checked the corridor. I was the only one there. I swear I recognized the voice I heard was that of a client of mine who died the year previously after his heart gave up from complications from a life of addiction. I had an amazing relationship with this lad. He even disclosed to me the sexual abuse he experienced as a child. He called me his rocker angel. But yeah, 99% sure that voice that I heard was his. That's it. Wow. Short and to the point. Yeah. But also kind of sweet. It's like he knew that it was her last day there, you know? Yeah. It's like one final chance to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So instead, I'm just going to creep the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she'll appreciate that. Yeah. So it looks like this episode is nice and short. Yeah. Nice and concise. It's a nice change, I think, for our yeah. editor. Yeah. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Yeah. And, and if you have to work, oh, fucking well. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> no, I don't I ha- think they're Because <laughs> I, think, I, I think I have to work this weekend. Yeah, I work this weekend. So you'll be on the grind with me. Yeah, we'll have fun working if you have to. Um, And don't forget to follow us on all the social media bullshit. Oh, yeah. And if you see me on Among Us, because I'm really into that game right now, Among Us, what I like to call humongous. If you see a player called toe beans that's me say hi (laughs) yeah you have a little pet with you right yeah it's a sometimes it's a hamster and a ball and other times it's a alien dog with one eye and i am also on there but i don't really play it that much oh and i always have a banana on my head cool yeah (laughs) so you heard it here first if you want to play among us with us reach out oh set up a private game that'd be cool that would be so fucking cool. Yeah. We're not weirdos like that we don't mind. So yeah. No, but we are. But I mean, yeah, we you know what I mean? We're not gonna bite. Play with us. So yes, social media at Weekly Creep on everything. Let us know what you think. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please um I don't know, like rate and review. Yeah. If you listen to us on YouTube, which very few people do, but there that is an option. Make sure to subscribe and like all of our videos. And I think that's it. Thanks for being deadly. 
You know, just thanks for listening to us. Yeah, we no really one else does. It. We don't even listen to each other. No, after this, like this is the only time of the week that we actually talk to each other. Yeah, we just go ignoring each other for the rest of the week. Yeah, I'm gonna go into the other room where the cats live, and that's it. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Bye.